Welcome everybody to Debt Talk Live, and tonight we have a very special guest, writer, director of Along Came the Devil 1 and 2, Jason Devine. Jason, how you doing? How you doing? Good. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. It is our pleasure. Thank you for coming on our show, and let's just go ahead and start talking about these two movies. The first question I actually have for you is... Did you know, <laughs> you know, cats always want to get in the, in the picture. Always. always. She talked to me alone until we started. <laughs> it, it came up, so. Actually, the, the, the first question that I have for you, Jason, is did you know that you were going to get a sequel from the original uh, pretty soon after the first one came out? Like, was it a package deal that, you know, if the first one was successful, you guys were going to do a second one. How did you find out that a, you were going to get a sequel? Uh, yeah, no, um, we had originally always wrote it to be a sequel and uh, and to be a, a three-part trilogy. And, you know, um, so initially when we were working on it, we kind of were taking a shot in the dark, hoping that the fans, uh, you know, appreciated it or liked the movie. Um, either way, the way we had set it up, uh, we left it open for a sequel and, uh, I, I guess around Thanksgiving, uh, our distribution company called me up and said that the movie's doing so well that um, could we drop everything we're doing and start working on a sequel? Like, That's the best news you can get. That is. So, uh, you know, of course, we, we had a, a nice holiday season and got right to work on part two. Awesome. Awesome. That That's uh, because the first one what, came out in 17 and the second one came out in 19. It did. Well, the original uh, was released, I guess, around 18, and it was initially Tell Me Your Name when it was doing the festivals, Okay. which I I put up a poster for you just so you could see the original poster. That's what the, okay, that makes sense. And uh, yeah, and then, then, um, you know, after, you know, when you sell your movie and distribution gets involved, uh, they have their reasons, and and they said, is there another name you'd like uh, for the movie, and, and you know, after some deliberation, we came up with "Along Came the Devil," which is a kick-ass title. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that is a kick-ass title. It took, it took some time, and uh, and it's a family affair. And I, I believe my youngest son helped with that one, and that was one of the ones that he was uh, really pushing for. Awesome, so awesome. Was. You know, yeah. you should have. Well, the whole family's given credit, so I guess that counts. You know, in the credits. Now. Yeah. Uh, Along came the devil in the beginning. It says it's inspired by true events. What can you tell us about the true events that inspired you to write and direct this movie? Uh, yeah, it's actually um, so a lot of the first story is based on a family that I'm, I'm really good friends with now. Um, they're from Brazil and really close friends of ours. And um, as I was working on the film, I asked them, would it be okay? Can I can I interview some of the pieces that I know of this story uh, because it's going to make a hell of a story? And you know, a lot of times, the truth in a story is what makes it such a good, uh, you know, movie to begin with. Yeah. Um, they said absolutely, you know, and I kept their names changed and and you know changed a few things just for the family's uh, personal reasons and. And uh, that's kind of how we got that whole gist of um, what their family went through and what our young Ashley, Sydney Sweeney, went through in the first film. Okay, that's that's great. And um, you're right. When a film does have some real inspiration behind it, for some reason, as us as the fans, it it does it does grow our appeal into mm-hmm. getting into the film a little bit more. Now, you chose to open the first movie 
with that written portion in the background. Um, is that how you uh, initially wanted to start the story off? You know, uh, no, it's not. It's not initially how I wanted to start it. But obviously, when you're working on a low budget film and time constraints and and different cuts and edits and trying to get the audience the main part of the story, uh, we felt that it was crucial. Uh, I'm a big Steven Spielberg Star Wars fan as well, so of course, you know, I hate I hate to like just throw the context up at the beginning of the film because that's I'm not a fan of that. Uh, but in some some instances, if it helps the audience know a few things maybe that they're getting into, um, which the first one did have a lot of questions that we left on the table yeah. purposely, uh, you know, for for the trilogy. Um, so, yeah. So then that's we we worked our way into the context of um, I believe when we did the festivals, the I don't think the um, original text was there, okay. uh, but we released worldwide. That's when the text came in. OK. And was that your idea or was um, it the distribution company? Uh, yeah, no, that was my idea okay. to just fill some of those loopholes in that that I felt needed needed answered if that wasn't there. Now, since this involved researching uh, a real family who you know probably experienced uh, events similar to what happened in the movie, how long did it actually take you to draft and write the script? Oh wow, um, I believe the the first draft um, we started out with the treatment and. Um, and then we went into writing the script, but I believe the treatment took us probably about a month because um, I was working on another film with uh, Michael Bean and uh, I had that idea. I've told this story many a times. I had this idea and the first thing I came up with was Tell Me Your Name. I, I hopped out of bed and I'm like, I, I really want to do an exorcism movie and it's called Tell Me Your Name. And I woke my wife up and I started writing all the notes down and jotting things. And she's like, yeah, go back to sleep. We'll talk about this later. And, uh, and, and then um, we kind of got right to work. And I think a lot of the story was I was inspired by uh, my, the family that I had interviewed. So I had known a lot of their story um, before I actually started writing it. So then the, the whole idea was to where could I put those pieces of the puzzle that I was getting from their story into this new exorcism movie. Yeah. Um, you know, and also trying to pay a little homage to the original Exorcist. So, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I, I love Exorcism movies myself as well. Um, when it comes to the horror genre, my favorite subgenre in horror is the paranormal. You know, uh, whether it's possessed or haunted houses, your possessions, mm -hmm. uh, exorcisms, I'm all in on that. Now, when you were directing this and also writing it, uh, because it was inspired by uh, events from a family that you know now, did you feel a little bit of, a little bit of added pressure to sort of keep their story? Uh, I don't know what the right word is to tell their story the right way, but also keep the cinematic elements and the viewers engaged as well. How did you find the balance between those two? Yeah, absolutely. That's a that's a great question. Um, yeah, I I was very um, concerned. I didn't want to do anything wrong or anything to rub them the wrong way uh, because I do care for this family. And at the same time, I uh, the things that I did, I would get their blessing for. And if I did it the right the right way, and, and I'd hate to say I, some of the things I actually had to tone back wow. um, while doing the film and tone it down a bit uh, because even making that first film, it was, it was kind of my first film, feature film that was going out worldwide. I didn't know uh, what the rating was going to be, what I was pushing for, and, you know, just excited to to be making a movie and, and making a film. So, yeah, and at the same time, I think 
we were excited to to do just to them too and their family and have their approval. Nice. So that, nice. So let's get into this the, the story. Well, first let's talk about the casting. Uh, Bruce mm-hmm. Davison, you know, renowned actor. Uh, did you have him in mind to, to play Reverend Michael, or did you go through a long audition process to find the Reverend who was not as relevant in the first film, at least not till the end, as he was in the second film? So mm-hmm. walk us through the casting of Reverend Michael. Okay, so um, initially, uh, Ricky Maslar, our casting director, was amazing. You know, when we when we had our first meeting, I had talked to her that I said I would love like some actors that maybe aren't quite as known or, or that are on the verge of an independent feel and things like that. Hence, but that's not exactly what you'd say Bruce Davison is. Yeah. And, uh, and and I ended up um initially we wanted um oh goodness uh his mind um his name is slipping my mind right now um uh he he's on The Walking Dead he played uh he in he's passed late he passed away um, uh herschel uh Her- scott yeah, yeah, yeah. wilson wilson yes. yeah so scott's agent and um and scott had the script first and it was pretty much my offer was straight to him because uh i'm a big fan of him and in, in the show and then um uh he he sat on it and uh at the time we weren't sure if he was going to take it and ricky said we have to open this casting up and and then a lot of great actors started coming in but bruce just um, when he came in and said, oh, I'm, I'm interested in doing it. I love the the idea. And I've done exorcism movies before. Mm-hmm. And and this is before I think he did the exorcist TV show. He did our film and then he did one over in Italy, something in Italy. Uh, but uh, yeah, I just knew right away he was he was a great choice. So he, it was great to have Bruce. He was a very complicated character, Reverend Michael, mm-hmm. because uh, in the first film, he's in at least for acts one and two. He's sort of a background player. You could see that he drinks and, uh, you know, when the younger priest comes in, he tells him to put the, to put the book away about demonic possession and exorcisms. And in his, my take on it was that the character felt defeated by evil and he's trying to find some way to redeem himself with all the defeats that he has to face uh that he had to face along his life to evil would you agree with that absolutely um that's that's pretty much how we wrote his character as well um one of the things i got from interviewing a few of the priests that have performed exorcisms i i mean i we really dove into our homework on doing some of the things that that we did and and how we sculpted bruce's character um and one of my takeaways was from the priests that would tell me they would perform exorcisms. Like, you know, when you're performing an exorcism on a, an eight-year-old girl in Africa and she's speaking in a, in a language she doesn't know, clear as day, and I've heard vomiting spiders, out, like live spiders. And when you hear this, you don't think this person is actually making anything up or fabricating this story. Mm-hmm. You can see terror in, like, in the eyes of the story they're telling. And these are men of faith. And then also at the same time, they're saying that they're questioning their own faith because they're there to help this individual. Yeah. Uh, so that's what we wanted to bring to Bruce's character, that that so much has taken its toll on him in, uh, in a way that he can convey it, that there might be nothing he can do, no matter how much amount of praying he does. Yeah. And, you know, so we tried to give him that. So we find out, well, we'll get to that in, in a second. Uh, let's Bruce Davidson, obviously he signed on for the first one. 
did you have to reach out to him again for the second one when you found out that there was going to be a second one? Was he all gung-ho to jump on the second one as well? Uh, yeah, the, the nice thing about it was um, we, you know, when we make our films, we, we definitely have like a family environment and try and, you know, stay in touch with everybody. And for the most part, everybody has stayed close with each other and we're all pretty much friends and family to this day. Uh, so when Bruce got the call, he was like, let's go. Um, and, and then when we did part two, we were smart enough to go ahead and do, you know, get him under contract because we figured if we did part two, we have to, we have, we also had a part three ready to go. So, yeah. you know, we, uh, him uh, with us and was ready to roll for both of them for the, and for the next one, part three. Now, it, well, is there going to be a part three? Uh, Yes, I can say there will a part there will be a part. I I can't say when, but yes, there will be a part there. Okay, I wasn't gonna ask, but you kept you brought it up, so I'm like, let me let me try to get that. All right, that's that's good. That's something to look forward to. Now the film films center around you know uh, Ashley Jordan, the two sisters, uh, who by the way Laura Wiggins is gonna be our guest here in about uh, ten days or so. So I I heard yeah, yeah. So looking forward to talking to Laura. But two sisters, Ashley Jordan, their mother, who they think is deceased, Sarah, and an abusive drunk dad. Uh, the way the the two films rolled out, the first one is about Ashley, and then the second one goes with Jordan. Um, is that how you wanted it to go? Uh, did you want to bring back Sydney uh, for the second one? It just didn't work out. So you had to really redo the script. Tell us how it went that way, where the first one was with uh, Sydney Sweeney, who played Ashley, and then Laura Wiggins and the second one, who played the older sister, Jordan. Right. Yeah. Um, in the first one, we had we tried to stick to the family story as much as possible. We had that ending that we were excited about where the mother is found in the dungeon uh, with part two. We were on such a fast track of like distribution, asking us, can we get this film done before Halloween, the October of the next year, uh, that I kind of just went right to work with my wife and Heather and I, who plays the mother, Sarah. Yeah, I know. The, I know. Yeah. So, and, and she was to super excited herself. We got down and, and we didn't have anything tying our hands this time of sticking to the story, but I had tons of notes for part two and how I wanted to tell Jordan's story coming home from college and how, and, and it, and then that's when I wanted to go more into the realm, which with part two, if you've seen it, uh, there's more of an homage paid to the shining. And yeah. I, I want that feeling of, uh, of the shining with the father and, and you know, where, where the demon might be setting its eyes on one person and you think that's who it's going to go after. I tried to put the twist that it goes after someone completely different that she didn't think um, was going to get it. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, now, the character of, of Tanya, played by Jessica, uh, mm -hmm. very prevalent in the first film, not in the second, just mentioned, uh, you know, her and Ashley in the beginning, you know, they went away, you know, but we never see, uh, well, neither of the two in the second, but in regards to the character of Tanya, uh, was again was that your intention jessica can be fit in she can do it with scheduling reasons uh oh, yeah did you not want the, the character of tanya in the second movie um no so so i let 
and Jessica Martha is a good friend of ours too. So I actually, <laughs> I had to let her know, like Jessica, we didn't, we didn't kill you off or anything like that. Uh, and I, and cause she was like, mm-hmm, where am I at for the second one? And, and, uh, she, she, I don't want to give anything away for part three, but if in, in part two, you realize that she is also down in the dungeon with Sydney, yeah. uh, Sydney, it kind of worked out because I, we had an idea. And when I cast Sydney, that this was before Handmaid's Tale and and everything sucks and all all of the fame that she's been going on and doing now, but we knew we knew we had a superstar oh, on yeah. our hands, and um and it was kind of it was neat to to have her on on set and on film because she was amazing with the way she brought Ashley to life. There's things there's stories behind behind the scenes of her doing amazing things and and then uh it just worked out because she was busy filming. We were talking to her about a few other films in, while she was working and, and that girl is staying busy. She's gone from one thing to the next thing to the next thing. And you know how it works in Hollywood, you know, if you have a good relationship with your actors, that's great, you can get them. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you also have to pay that salary. Exactly. So, <laughs> so which, you know, the bigger the actors get, it can cut into a big part of your budget. So, uh, but yeah. considering, but looking at all of the success that Sydney has achieved, I mean, you know, you casted her, you, you, at least you played a role in casting her. That must make you feel really good that you really gave this girl the break in her career. Yeah. So, so proud of her. I'm, I mean, I'm proud of, uh, all of our actors, you know, uh, from the beginning to end, we, we all bonded and, and they believed in the project as much as I believed in it. And, uh, and that's, that's kind of what can make or break a, a film is, yeah. is everybody getting on board and the sum of all parts. And uh, everybody believed in what we were doing. And, and I, I, I kind of knew that. I had told her on set all the stuff that was coming her way. So I know no matter what, she, she knows like I was in her ear, which you know probably a lot of people may have been in her ear, but I was telling her, hang on, life's about to get a lot more exciting. Yes, so, yes, that's a great story. And our young actress uh, who plays young Ashley in the closet is Leah McHugh, who is in the new Marvels movie. Wow. She played Bright in the, in the Eternals. I didn't so know, she, know that. <laughs> she's blown up and gone on to, wow. to big. Oh, so I claim her as well. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Now, in both movies, the demonic imagery in, uh, in the movies is amazing. Scary. Uh, now... Did you lean more towards practical effects as opposed to CGI? How was that all designed? The uh, the imagery, the demonic look, scary as, as as hell. I mean, you know, pardon the pun, but yeah. really scary. Um, how did that go? Was it practical effects, CGI? What did you want to do more of? Yeah, um, when we first started out, um, we did. A, we I wanted it to be a, as much practical effects as I possibly could. Uh, we brought we brought in um, George Trouster mm -hmm. from uh, the TV show Face Off, yep. Sci-Fi Face Off, um, and he headed the, the the special effects team, and we did as much as we possibly could. Uh, and then after that, uh, we brought in Aaron Kaminar and Leo Faselli uh, to do handle the visual effects, and then they kind of spice things up uh so to speak and in today's world you know like i am a big practical effects from jason Voorhees to michael martin you know that yeah. some of that simplistic stuff is scarier than when you get taken out of visual effects but uh if you can kind of 
put the if you can mix the two in, uh, it can be a, a it can make for a nicer scare or a nicer visual effect, and that's kind of what we worked on doing. Yeah, it's a little bit of both. And uh, along came the devil. One and two was full of that. Now, when you were behind the camera and you were directing, I've <laughs> interviewed a lot of directors, and they all talk about they have their techniques when it comes to lighting and so on. As you directing these two films. What was your secret to achieve that eerie feel and look? Um, you know, we, I, I, I would sit down with um, my um, DP and my cinematographer, uh, Jay Rajari, is amazing. I mean, he is a student of the game and I mean, he soaks up like a lighter, like a, just like a gaffer. He's also an amazing gaffer as well. And, and um, he will... We'll sit down together for hours and do a storyboard and script board and he'll do colors and schemes of what we want each scene to look like. And and he'll, you know, pick my brain of what I'm going for. And and uh, and that's kind of just it's a collaboration of, of going through what we're looking for and if we get it. And kind of that's what we do on each step for step each scene. That's what we do. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, you know, and at the same time, I would have to say as, as a fan of horror and old horror movies from 70s, 80s, all the way up till now, there's probably little scenes, if you're a horror fan and you rewatch these movies, you'll see that I may have done something like an old time horror movie that I'm a fan of from back in the day. Uh, but you really have to watch and know your horror, but you'll see it and you'll say, oh my gosh, this is why he did it this way and shot it that way. That's kind of how my brain works. That's awesome. I mean, I, I love to see that. Like the most used scene, especially in demonic movies, is from The Exorcist when uh, Max von Sydow shows up at the house with the eerie street lights, and that has to be like the most copied scene in television yeah. and movies ever. Right. Now, yeah. in Along Came the Devil, there's this uh, intense scene when Ashley's in the bathtub, uh, puts her face under water, and screams, and all this blood comes out. Uh, very graphic, gruesome, but yet really awesome to watch. Uh, how do, how'd you get that idea? Uh, it was crazy to watch, but how did that come to you? Uh, you know, I just wanted to do um, a cool underwater scene where I, I love the shots when you see somebody wrestling with someone else and they dunk their head in and you see their eyes open yeah. trying to get the breath. And we had a bathtub scene, uh, you know, where the demons is, is there and she had run on, into the first, you know, uh, possessed mother standing outside where the devil was actually kind of trying to get to her. Um, so it was kind of just an imagery of her falling asleep and, and her vomiting up something that has entered into her. Um, but I wanted to, to be pretty at the same time. So thanks for noticing that. Yeah. So we had a, a, a giant like tub set up outside of the bathtub. We shot that scene separately um, and Sydney would dunk her head in and the camera was under the tank shooting up into the tank. Wow. And then that, in her mouth full of blood. So, yeah. <laughs> now, what uh, what's left uh, vague and up to viewer interpretation is this demon. Obviously, it's a demon. Uh, that is, it seems to be targeting this family uh, from mother to children and eventually to father as well. Uh, mm -hmm. Did you want to leave that more up to viewer interpretation rather than giving us the story? as to maybe why this demon has attached itself to this family. Uh, can you tell us about that? Yeah, um, we were initially just, really it's the age old adage of um, 
sometimes parents can pass their demons on, you know, to, to their children. And that could be anything from habits to beliefs. And, and, uh, and that's what we were going for uh, was to show that sometimes these things can be passed down to your children uh, with the parent. And so that's initially what we were going for in part one. Um, but the idea come to me for part two, as we were writing, I wanted to, to switch it up. You know, Ashley, Sydney Sweeney's character went through so much, um, man. And I can tell you shooting exorcism scenes. That's why the original exorcist took, you know, over a year to shoot and the money that I can't imagine what went into it. Um, it's exhausting. It's absolutely exhausting. It's super creepy being on set shooting things. So I would do my best to bring our actors out of that feeling of the environment of during the possession scenes. But um, but yeah, but initially I think we were going for, we wanted the audience to feel that this is past, sometimes these things can be passed down to your parents, like yeah. that lesson parents can pass demons on to their children. So yeah, we were sticking with that. Now I have a question. Uh, you know, I, I vow that I don't like asking questions to my guests that I know they cannot answer, but I'm, I'm, I'm gonna give in to the temptation just this once i'm gonna ask this and if you can't answer it that's absolutely fine in the third one it's a pretty general vague question but in the third one uh are we gonna get a forward moving story or a, a story that's going to reveal more of what has happened in the past can you answer that if you're not we'll just move on to the next question <laughs> uh you know i can answer it in uh, in the best way possible i'm I'm really wanting to go out with a bang in three and, uh, and let's just say those who can be brought back, I'd love to bring them. Um, we're working on bringing them back for three and, uh, and there's going to be closure. Okay. So that's, pretty much, that's pretty much there. There'll be closure to the story. Um, and I want the audience to hang on from start to finish, you know, like in, and end with a bang. Are you, uh, are you also writing, I'm assuming you're writing and directing the third one as well. Uh, I would, I hope so. Um, we're working on a, a couple other projects um, right now, and we have one in the making that we're extremely excited about. Um, we had other ones that weren't were not horror, but the horror movie that I, I was writing has been bumped up, and uh, now that's on the forefront. And um, we're extremely excited about this horror movie. Now, would you say you and your lovely wife Heather and your kids are you guys all horror fans? Uh, yes. We are all horror fans. Uh, <laughs> I raised my kids to be horror fans, and uh, my wife and I are horror fans. I mean, but to be fair, we're we're just movie fans in general. Yeah. I'm probably a bigger horror fan, and 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 that's what I always say. Most horror fans are fans of all movies in general, yes. but horror is their favorite genre. Whereas people who you know love romance. They may not watch any horror movies, you know, so horror movie. If you're a horror movie fan, you can pretty much watch anything and, yeah. and uh, give your opinion. I got to tell you this. Me and my wife, I'm a horror fan, obviously. And my wife is this period piece romantic movie lover. <laughs> so you can imagine when we're trying to, like, watch and have a date night, we have to pick something in the middle of the line. It's been working for 21 years, so <laughs> I'm not going to rock the boat. Now, going okay. back to Ashley and Tanya's, uh, sorry, Ashley and uh, Jordan's relationship. Mm -hmm. That opening sequence in the first movie when they're in the closet uh, is uh, really nice. And the love that these two sisters show each other at such a young age, especially mm -hmm. Jordan to Ashley uh, with their mom gone and so on. Uh, mm -hmm. 
that was just real it just hits you right here and then it gets the uh the mood really changes when we find out why they're in the closet when the dad comes in drunk and it takes a really dark sinister uh turn was that done on purpose did you want to start the scene off as this heartfelt warm relationship between sisters and then throw in the abusive dad and what he's doing uh yeah uh, pretty much that's um you know like like i said before uh sometimes the things that hit us the most are the things that are that you think is that really you know is, would that really happen is someone doing that and and uh yeah unfortunately it's it's taken a, a bit of truth with a little bit of movie making magic in there mixed in um but the the bond that the sisters have is a is a real bond and um and and thankfully everything is okay with this family <laughs> nothing like the turn that the movie takes no. this family is healthy and happy and um and loving with each other right now so uh but yeah some of the story though that we got in there that that really hit people in their heart mm -hmm. and 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 with the father and things like that um was taken from a bit of the story of the family and um it it really is a sad one in that in that instance in those circumstances to be honest with you, Jason, I was really surprised that you brought back the dad for the second movie, and he ends up playing a very vital role. Uh, mm -hmm. Was that always the plan? Um, you know what? I had it, and I didn't share it with my wife. My, like, I, these are some notes and ideas that I had, and I really wanted. Mark Ashworth is an amazing actor, mm -hmm. um, and he's gone on and he does tons of stuff and works constantly. Um, I really wanted the opportunity to work with him and i actually whispered to him on set this is a true story i said i looked at him while he was shooting and i said two and uh and i told him i'm gonna we're gonna be working again and he looked at me like he didn't know what i was talking about and uh and, and you know at the time i wasn't sure i just knew i wanted to work with him again and um yeah and i and then i had also with some of the true story i was trying to uh, rebuild the father's character as best I could too, because that actually is part of the true story with the family yeah. that the dad reformed and, and is a much better man nowadays. So I wanted to kind of give that character that, that, that change. Yeah. And that's what brought it back. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Madison Lentz. Uh, uh -huh. She was in the first one and uh -huh. a lot of people of the walking dead know Madison Lentz as Sophia. And you uh, said earlier in the show tonight that you're a fan of The Walking Dead. Um, what did that play into you casting Madison for for that role? Uh, yeah, so a funny story with Madison. Um, we were actually going after Mackenzie Lentz. So her her older sister is a really good actor, and at the time was coming off of um, another TV show, and she had just wrapped that show, um, and so. We were really wanting her, and uh, I don't know what happened, but somehow or another, um, they were like, well, Madison is Sophia. She's on, you know, Bosch and blah, 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 and she's an amazing actress, and I was like, I know. Well, And she came in, actually, and read uh, for her scene for me um, here in Atlanta, and of course, I mean, she had the star power, too. When she walked into the room, everybody, you could feel her energy her confidence, and uh, I mean, it was kind of a done deal. And then uh, that 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 whole Lynch family is very talented. Oh, yeah. The mother, the father, the brothers, the and the sister. Them. 
they're they're all very talented so it it made our job easy so it was just a a pleasure uh to work with madison and we were very fortunate to have her uh in the movie as well now were both movies shot in atlanta uh yes they both were shot here in atlanta okay from uh, flowery branch um to lake lanier all around the atlanta georgia area okay all right now uh let's go back into some of the you know like the poltergeist activity in the movies the the objects moving the bed shaking of course if you add that to any kind of demonic possession movie it's just going to amp it up and if it's mm -hmm. done the right way it's going to make it that much better um did that take a long time to put in like the bed shaking did you did you go old school with that again with practical stuff like you know secret wires hanging up somebody shaking the bed how did that all come together yeah um i actually we we had one of our um crew members a pretty strong guy lane under the bed and um we, he would take his cues of when he was to shake the bed and he would lift it up and uh and, and he was so he was our bed shaker uh, we also did the practical effects too because I wanted, you know, we got Freddy Krueger coming through a wall and in uh, in Friday in Nightmare on Elm Street, and so I always wanted to do something like that with a possession, um, and that's why we actually had cut out the mattress on, if you remember the scene with Sydney yeah. where Matt Dallas is praying over her and and the face comes up out of the yeah. sheets actually one of our crew members in this under the bed in a hole in the mattress coming up through the sheet with a little vfx added on to clean it up uh in that scene so uh yeah we were trying we tried to do as much as we could practically and with a little vfx added now the uh the budget that you had for the first one you said was pretty low uh yeah. did that you know make force you to become even more innovative and creative to achieve some of the effects that you wanted to show yes it did because um we we were trying to pour everything into practical effects in the movie in general so we at that time you know we were trying to eat caviar on a mcdonald's budget and uh <laughs> and and at some points in times you know like there was a scene that we got a lot of things where people said could you shoot a school why didn't you shoot a school scene with sydney you know, and I wanted to know what happened to her when she came out and everyone was, said she was so distraught. Yeah. Um, and it's it's tough because it's like some of that stuff that we couldn't shoot, just it wasn't in the budget. We And, and you know, when you're making a low budget, you're not sure if it's going to do well. We believe that it was going to do well, but, it, uh, it you know, you, you have to make decisions on what stays and what doesn't. And uh, little things like that are, are why. And then, like, it's a good thing we did because then we had to take the remaining money we had and put it into the visual effects that came in yeah, yeah. Uh, that needed to be added. So, yeah. Now, did your budget increase or was it the same for the second one? Um, I mean, it, it increased a little bit, like, but um, not, not too much. And that's, that's where uh, Aaron Kaminar and, and Leo Vaselli came in and we sat down with them. And, you know, just like a movie, we did a shot list on what visual effects we needed, what was important, what wasn't important, you know, so... But I, I know, and then in part two, in part two, we were more prepared for our visual effects. And uh, and that's when we worked with our head of VFX, Steve Bone, who's mm -hmm. here in, in Atlanta. And I mean, and him and his team, they were on it from uh, start to finish. So on part two, I was able to bring the VFX team on set and Steve was right next to me the whole time. And we would discuss, you know, hey, should we shoot this? Do we want to add this? How's this look? And, 
things like that. I didn't have that on part one. I wish I did, but I didn't. <laughs> so is Along Came the Devil from one to two, the first uh, two feature film, like sequel uh, project that you've ever directed and wrote? Yeah. Yeah, they are. Is there any... Uh, I've never asked this question to any of my the directors that I've spoken to, but what's it like going from the first one to the second one? Is it just like a big family reunion? Do you bring back the same crew? I know, like you said, it's a big family uh, business, your production company, which I, which I think is awesome. Uh, what's it like going from a first movie to a sequel? And, you know, do you call everybody up, say, pack your bags, we're going at it again? How does it work? Yeah, uh, pretty much. Um, you know, everybody that that stays close, you know, some of the crew and some of the people are are on working another job or, you know, they have a conflict and, and we couldn't bring them in. And um, but but even for part two, we were already here in Atlanta. And um, so we were able to get a lot more local crew here in Atlanta, but still bring like our our main guys that are in California that work with us and. Yeah. Uh, you know, like my cinematographer, uh, Jay, he goes everywhere with us. He's absolutely amazing. Uh, George Trouster that I, that I had mentioned. Um, so for so some of the crew we came, I just put in a phone call and said, hey, guys, you want to do this again? And they kind of said, already? Let's go. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So a lot of writers, directors, they write movies, direct movies, hoping, you know, for a trilogy. You actually got it. You know, you got the trilogy. Uh, how does that feel? Uh, it feels it feels great. It feels great. Now, I, 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 you know, when when filmmakers set up, of course, I would like to say, you know, it, it really becomes a belief. And I, I when I set out to do it, I, I really expected and hoped that it would be something that everybody, you know, you're going to have people who maybe don't like it and don't like horror or, don't, or that are horror fans and they don't understand certain decisions. But it's funny. I'm the, I love horror so much that even on some of the negative criticism or negative sides, I think to myself, okay, how can I fix that for these people? Like, what can I do? And, you know, sometimes you can't make anyone happy, but, uh, but like, I like for the most part, I try and take mental notes and do what I can. Um, but yeah, I was so excited and I feel so like, like that this is what I was wanting and loving to do so much so that I couldn't, you know, ask for more and I'm, I'm so excited to be doing what i'm doing now and i'm very fortunate and uh and you know yeah I, I would definitely like i said a lot of directors you know start out hoping when they do a movie that it's going to become a sequel or a trilogy and you got that have you had uh now obviously you have not started shooting part three yet but have you been working on anything during this whole crazy covid uh pandemic that we're going through yeah, so uh, we are working on a we were working on a psychological thriller called Broken Souls uh, that's coming very soon. Um, but there is another project. Uh, th this is the horror movie that I was telling you about. Uh, I'll try and tread lightly and say what I can say about it uh, without giving too much away. Uh, so you're getting an exclusive here oh, first. But awesome. we we set out. I started writing a movie four years ago, uh, and it's called Nightmare, and um, it is. Let's just say the team of people we were working with, uh, they tasked me with could, who can come up with the next big face in horror. Okay. And and of course I, you know, I, I'm I'm ready. I'm like I can do it. I can do it. Uh, four years later, I, we've been working on a project, and uh, my wife and I set out writing it, and 
crazy as this is, my my nephew is a very talented writer, and we I we basically raised him in horror as well. Uh, my sister's son Ian, um, in uh, he is phenomenal. So I said to my wife, I would love to bring Ian in to write with us on this because I feel like he will add something to this, and and we just knew that it was a it was going to be a, a really good choice. So he's come in, and we are working on a movie called Nightmare. Um, that's we're hoping sets the bar with this generation's horror movies. And you're shooting? And, uh, are you currently shooting that now? And we are we are about to go into pre-production on it. We kind of wrapped up the treatment, wrapped up the script. Everyone is responding very well uh, to it, and we are. As you can see in my face, I mean, I, there's so much I would love to. Leave I know you like you want to spill the beans, but you oh, can't. I want to tell you so much just to get you pumped up for it, but it is it is so scary. And just like I said, I wanted to do for part three, I want the audience to hang on from start to finish and be like, oh my gosh, it's over already. And that's really what we kind of have in this one, and uh, that's what we're going for. And so keep your keep your ears oh, peeled for nightmare. Absolutely, absolutely. So now, I mean, you have shot in this COVID pandemic. Uh, how have you been dealing with that as a filmmaker and all the, you know, safety pr precautions that you got to take? And uh, has it been, you know, obviously it adds to the budget and it's crazy. There's certain protocols you got to follow, especially with all the guilds and so on. How have you been dealing it with it as a writer, director, filmmaker, uh, taking all those precautions? Has I mean, has it been limiting for you has it even stretched you becoming even more innovative on how do you want the stuff uh shown on the screen the way you envision it tell us about that right um well we were fortunate enough to you know we released uh, along came the devil 2 that october before the pandemic mm -hmm. hit so we kind of rolled into the holiday with everything releasing with our with the movie coming out and then we went into writing mode. So we were basically, during the pandemic, it basically said, get to writing, you know, because we couldn't do much of anything anyway. So uh, we were hard at work on some of the scripts that we have uh, on the table. Um, coming out of it, we kind of, we, you know, we weren't overly pushy or, 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 you know, too excited. We were like, when it happens, it happens. And then um, a lot of our crew that we work with that are, we call our team, they worked a lot on different projects. So they they kind of experienced what it was like to get shut down because of covid mm -hmm. during a production um and then what it was like from start to finish and how to finish it how to you know keep everyone isolated keep everybody in quarantine that's on set who needs to be this and that separated so we were pretty much for the most part we feel like we're good now but as in a, in a low budget film you can't afford to shut down no. if you get started and someone was to get covid you know even four days can tank your whole film oh, because yeah. that's a you know, it's part of your budget. So uh, we were fortunate enough to not have to fall into any of, of that. And now we're coming out of the pandemic with where it's at right now. Now we feel comfortable with the team that we have, that we, we can follow protocol and uh, Good. see how it is. So I, I'm about to experience what it's like to, to work with this going on with COVID now. Awesome. Uh, this will be my, you know. Well, that, that, that it's definitely going to be an eye-opening experience for you. Uh, now, working with your wife, you know, uh, she played uh, Sarah in Along uh -huh. Came the Devil. Uh, how was that like? I, I mean, is she, uh, has she done a lot of acting? I mean, it's a, it's a non-vocal role. I mean, she was great 
Yeah, is is she there? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, bring, I'm gonna bring her in. Oh, is the, Heather there? Let's talk to Heather. <laughs> He's waiting the interview. Come on, see. She's like looking at me like, well, she wants to, she wants to hear my response on how it is to. Yeah, yeah, her. yeah. You're gonna be careful. She's right there. So yeah. <laughs> first of all, let me break it down this way. Uh, was it always the plan for Heather to play Sarah? No, it, it actually was not. Uh, we had a, a good friend of hers that's an actress um, ready to play the part. Uh, and she had a conflict and we didn't know if she was able to film here in Atlanta yet or if we had to wait together. Uh, I won't say the name, but because uh, you would probably know who the actress is. And our casting director said said to me, oh, did I? can you still hear me? Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought I lost you. No, no, got no. Over. You're good. And, uh, and my casting director said, how about Heather? And at the time, I wasn't I wasn't a fan of Heather only because oh, I know, I know. This does sound, <laughs> it sounds bad, but let, let me let me. Dude, tell I've been married you. for almost 22 years. Okay. <laughs> Same here. It sounds bad, but the only reason <clears throat> is because she was producing this film as well. Okay. So she had so much on her plate dealing with agents and managers and finances and 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 I'm a producer with her, but when it time when the time comes working with the actors and setting up shop and film and their cameras and everything else, she lets me step away from that business side. You have to separate the two, or at least try to anyway. Yeah. Um, so I didn't want her to have to worry about playing a role, which and and, and you know obviously Sarah's role it's it's a prominent role and and she's possessed and she's you know in makeup all the time or looking pretty distraught most of the time and and also and, uh, she's the last person we see at the end of part two and she is the last person and and you can see what she looks like in the end of part two. it does not look like what she's about please come here it does not look like what she looks like yeah, out of makeup. I know, I know. Uh, oh my goodness hey heather thank you for Hi. joining us Hi. <laughs> I'm just on standby hanging out. No, that's I said, awesome. I told her to stay on standby so I could bring her in and say hi. I love hearing, you know, uh, stories like your, like you guys. Do you guys, uh, now Jason mentioned that you helped him write uh, some a, a lot of these scripts. Do you guys, normally when you're writing, do you guys work together, Heather? Yeah. So, okay. so a lot of writing partners when you're writing – how do you split the work? I mean, is it somebody bouncing off ideas and the other one putting them down on paper? How do you guys do it? So we, we, we have writing sessions where we write together and we write in the same room. And normally, typically, Jason will stand. Like for Along Came the Devil 1 and 2, it was a little different than the night the one we just got done writing Nightmare, mm -hmm. um, which the chemistry – that's why you're so excited for yeah, it because it's, it's an incredible script. Yeah. I am so stoked on it. And the chemistry that the three of us had on that script was pretty special. But um, for part one and two of Along Came the Devil, uh, kind of how it happens is it's all in his head, everything. And all, the story, the scenario, everything is in his mind, his head. And then he stands up and will act it out. And then me and... Uh, for part two of Along Came the Devil, it was just the two of us. Mm -hmm. I we will just type out like dialogue and that kind of stuff, and he'll say if he and likes it, it or it, not. And we go from there. And it really works. Like for part two of Along Came the Devil, the, you know, my brain works really fast, mm -hmm. and so 
like I'm up and I'm saying, and this person says this to this person and she'll come into a lot of times and she'll give dialogue that has that, uh, I, I would say a, a woman's Feminine touch. touch. And it's like, so, cause we can tell a lot of times when something's written by a man or a woman. And, and I feel like when it's written, when you have that touch of both or you can't tell. It's a good balance. Yeah, it's a good yeah, balance. It's a it's a nice balance, exactly. So Heather, I gotta ask you, putting on that makeup to be all demonically possessed, what was that experience like? Did uh Jason was he there overseeing the whole process? A little bit oh, of yeah. this, a little bit of that. Oh yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. And George, because it is hot I mean, it is bad for your skin, it is hard on your skin, it is it's not easy. And I'm I'm a little claustrophobic, I'd like to say, but George is a genius. I mean, he walked me through the whole thing. He was, yeah. He she just, is very claustrophobic. Yeah. And had to sit with one of those things fully breathing through a straw and yeah, yeah, she was a champ. But you know, it's, I, and I heard you ask the question if I'm an actress, yeah, my acting, my background is acting, but more for co like a commercial actress. Mm -hmm. um, so, but I, but my the theater theatrical work is always like obviously something that we we've been around and that we love and our children are in the business. So, um, to your answer to that question, yes, I am an actress. <laughs> so I love you sing though. So the name of your production uh, company is the, uh, Devon clan, which I think it's awesome. It's like, you know, it's a very true name. It's, it's a family business. And I love that about your production company. As your kids get older, do you have hopes for them to take on your interest in filmmaking, whether it's acting, directing, writing, or whatnot? Well, yeah, take that. absolutely. Uh, our oldest is in college, and uh, he's in business law and finance. And you know, and he, his choice of that, he told me, was so because he would love to come and run the company, come out of there. And, and I'm like, absolutely. absolutely. You know, we want our hands. Beyond. Our two youngest, um, Cassius, he's the little boy in part two who loses his head and, and gets chased by the father and plays Laura he's an incredible Wiggins. Actor. He's an, both a, and, yeah, and so is Tristan. Are. And then Tristan uh, Devan, our middle son, is um, he's from he played Wally on uh, Raven's Home. He's uh, Kaz's. He plays Kyle. Kaz's little brother on Lab Rats Elite Force on Disney Channel. Like so, so they've been in the business for a long time. Oh, wow. He's also a genius editor. And he's a genius editor, direct. Like they, they've all been in the business so long because they've grown up in it with us that uh, it makes my job easier. Because I always feel bad, like I'm a director who's putting his family in things, and and it's never. I never have to feel that way because they're very talented at what they do, so I don't have to worry about forcing anybody into any situation. Now, Heather, as a producer on the films. Uh, how involved are you in the post-production process of Along Came the Devil and Along Came the Devil 2? Just call me post-coordinator. <laughs> That's how involved I am. <laughs> Making sure everything is perfect yeah. and whatnot. That... Business manager, his manager manager. <laughs> that is awesome. Oh, man. I cannot wait to see Along Came the Devil 3. Nightmare, just by the look on your face, Jason. You look so stoked about doing this film and i think it's awesome you guys have a great family you got a great thing going you guys are so talented and i just want to thank you so much and when along you know came the devil three comes out and nightmare comes out i want to bring you back because i want to talk about this after the trilogy has been all laid out for us 
because I have a lot of questions and I'm sure they're going to be answered in the third one. And we have to wait for it to come out. But I, w- I would love for you guys to come back after the full story has been told. And because I'm sure I'm going to have a lot of questions and we're going to have a lot of stuff to talk about. Um, so moving forward, what is your like guesstimate as when principal photography might start on a long came, came the devil part three? Mm. What do you think? I'd say the next 24 months. I mean, I know that sounds like a long time, but it's really not in the scheme of movie making. No, no. Yeah, no, it's in the pipeline. And I was going to yeah. say, uh, for part three, uh, you know, depending on how the pandemic pans out with the rest of what's going on, I'd love to have you on set. Oh, uh, awesome. That'd be awesome. I, I accept. I'd love to visit. Uh, did any, did Along Came the Devil 1 or 2, did any of those two films get any kind of theatrical release? They both did. Yeah, they both did. Uh, th- yeah. And again, that was pre-COVID days and, you know, everything has changed now and video on demand is taking over. Uh, right. What are you, th- are you hoping for a theatrical release for part three? Uh, well, th- I can answer that. Things are so, things are different and we've, we've grown with the Van Clan production and um, have, um, we have new relationships with, you know, different companies as well so now since the pandemic hit a lot of our talks have kind of been with like certain types of originals and and streaming with originals so it's more along you know what they decide they want to do yeah um which we're we're okay with our job is to just make a good movie that the fans want to see it's the new norm so it's the new, trying to accept the new norm, the new norm. Yeah. yeah and and, and everything is in transition the entertainment industry it's moving, uh, COVID sped up the timeline with streaming being prevalent even before COVID. Everything got sped up because of COVID and nobody knows how it's gonna end up in regards to theaters. We just gotta wait and see. We are out of time. Guys, thank you so much for coming on our show. This has been such a fun hour. I really love the fact that you guys are, and don't get offended by this term, a mom and pop operation. Oh, I love that term. Okay, good. I didn't want to offend you. I love that. I love that. And I think it's awesome. Uh, It's amazing. Thank you so much. I loved Along Came the Devil. Guys, if you want to watch Along Came the Devil Part 1 and 2, let's see. Part 1 is, it's actually not available as wide as people think. It's available on Vudu with ads. Um but it's not available for transactional purchases anymore. Now, along came the devil part two, along- On Amazon. I don't know if it is anymore. No, it's not, no. For a while it was on Amazon Prime for free, or if you have the subscription, it's on Epic. Yeah. I know that. Yeah. Yeah. We did a Hulu, so I'm not sure. Yeah, Hulu, but not more. Because I saw it originally, but then I had to, I wanted to rewatch it again. And I watched it on Vudu, which is Fandango now as well, with ads. And but part two is available wide. It's available on Amazon, you know, stream Paramount Plus. It's available yeah. there. So I'm just giving our viewers, if they haven't watched the movies, where they can go ahead and and watch them. So again, guys, thank you so much. Uh, any final thoughts you guys want to share before we say goodbye? 
No, we no, appreciate you yeah, having thank us. Thank you so much. And, uh, Absolutely. The pleasure is mine. I want to thank our audience. We had a nice size audience watching tonight. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you to Jason and Heather Devan from the Devan Clan Productions. Uh, you guys are awesome. I wish you guys nothing but the best success. And I'm looking forward after the third one comes out for us to talk again. So, guys, on behalf of myself, Jason, and Heather, stay safe. Till tomorrow, stay walking. Good night. Bye-bye.